If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Moving Out, we look at the intersection between real estate and the moving experience. We're excited to welcome our friend Natasha Keller to join us in this riff on the topic. And with that, Alex, please take us up. You know, moving can sometimes be a great experience. You know, you leave living with parents when you're young, you get your first apartment or house, you get addition to the family, perhaps get married, uh, but it also could be a challenging one. You lose a job, unfortunately, maybe you lose your home, maybe you move back in with your parents. It's a, it's a, it's a good, the bad, the ugly of, of moving uh, affects us all. Yeah, and they say that some of the most stressful things in life are things like losing a relative, changing jobs, and moving into a new place to live, right? Because when it, the moving is not just the moving, the moving is your, your surroundings, your neighborhoods, your friends, your coworkers, everything changes. And, uh, and it's a very stressful, stressful thing. And people talk about real estate. We talk about real estate. People come on and talk about real estate. No one really talks about moving. You only hear about moving when it's a nightmare scenario. Like, how was your move? They lost all the boxes. That's when you hear about it. Other than that, you never hear a word. And no one wants to touch that topic, right? I mean, I think you know it would be great if the real estate brokers uh, also recommended the moving service, but no one wants to. People want to remove themselves from the process because they know it's bad experience all around. I mean, I don't know anyone that's had a really good moving experience and said, "Wow, that was amazing." They didn't break any of my <laughs> my china. Uh, my my couch is intact. No nicks. So I think that there is um, there's something to be said about how do we think about moving? Do we even think about it before or after it's done? I mean, clearly um, you think about it the minute that you call the mover, but you're not really thinking about it, you know, year one or year two into your new place about what it's going to be like to leave. It's funny you say about banging up your furniture. They say that one move is equal to two floods, that you're always going to get stuff broken. Um, and it, you make interesting points, Alex. You know, for me, the only real major move that I ever made was towards the end of my life when I moved from New York to Miami. All the other moves I made, and I made many, were mostly corporate moves. And in a corporate move, it's so easy because the corporation takes care of everything. They have their mover. You don't have to look around to worry about how much it costs. You can move everything, all your shit. You don't have to worry about culling the herd because it's going to cost more to move more. 
but I think you've had interesting experiences yourself, Alex. You've moved quite a few times, right? Well, well, yeah, no, you're funny you mentioned that. And it's not really the end of your life. It's for the beginning. Um, but I mean, to, to yeah, thank that, you very much for that. <laughs> thank you very much. Like, like doctors what a, listening. What a, what a sober topic. Um, so, uh, you're right. I mean, I, I've moved in the past year, I've moved three times and uh, I got to tell you, it is the worst experience ever, even though the moves were for good reasons. I, you know, I wanted to get out of the city and wanted to move to someplace warmer and nicer. I wanted to move back into the city. <laughs> I got bored of being in a warm place. That's nice. I just wanted to get, <laughs> sometimes you want to get kicked around and smacked in the face. Can't please the man. <laughs> you know, and so you know, these are the things that that you you move for for somewhat good reasons. And fortunate enough, I was able to do that. But I didn't realize the problems and the, and the things that you both acquire in life, and then the things that you have to give away because of one reason or another, because either it doesn't fit in your new apartment, or you don't want to pay an extra you know whatever number of dollars for a an extra box to put it in. So you're like, no, I'll just leave it. Or you figure out, well, you know, maybe there's a way to enterprise and make some money off the things that you used to love, but no longer, you know, the longer love and, and things that you, you've acquired and, and all that. And I think um, George Carlin, uh, you know, I'm not sure if anyone remembers George Carlin, the, the, the comedian, uh, used to say that, you know, a house is just a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. <laughs> and it just it is storage, a, basically. <laughs> And so the bigger the place, of course, the more stuff you put in it, the smaller the place, the less stuff you put in it. So, but moving nonetheless is, is, a, is a process of you acquiring and whittling down things. Yeah, I think part of the problem with moving is that like, it's good to go through your stuff, right? And get rid of stuff. But when you're moving is like the worst time to actually do that. It's like, it, that takes so much time to go through all your belongings. And when you're doing that with the stress of moving, it's like, you get rid of stuff. You're not in your right mind to be actually going through your like, all of your possessions and deciding which the most important ones are. That's such a good point. It's all last minute. You don't have much time. I don't know yeah, about like, you. Get rid of it. When I when I do a spring cleaning in my closet, okay, if I'm throwing stuff out and I do, I have to put all that stuff on first. I have to look at it on me, look at it in the mirror and time. decide that I don't like it anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. I literally have to go through every shirt, every pant, every short, and I can just imagine and trying to do that with your clothes, with your personal belongings, with your books, with your furniture, with your you, towel. You gotta need someone sitting there with you on that. I mean, if you, you can't really self-evaluate whether or not those bell bottoms look awesome on you, right? He's like, well, you know, maybe it's gonna come back. I'm gonna hold on to that for a little bit. And someone's gotta say- Wait, 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 bell bottoms, bell bottoms didn't come back? Right, exactly, Shit. sure. So it's like, it's, but to your point, Natasha, it's kind of like um, pulling off a Band-Aid. You gotta have to pull it off real quick because a slow a slow peel isn't doesn't really doesn't really work right it's painful um you spend too much time you overthink and so ultimately you you don't get rid of enough uh in that yeah. process when you spend time thinking about it versus when you're like when you're stressed the movers are are downstairs with 40 boxes not 41 not 42 so you can't bring everything and no and that's the moment where the stuff where the where the stuff happens, where the or the removal of stuff happens. Yeah, under duress. Yeah, under stress, and yeah. and that goes that compounds the fact of why moving is so stressful because you have to make these tough choices. Uh, ultimately, you have to um, place some sort of spatial trigonometry to figure out what's going to fit in the new place and what's not, without even 
without even a ruler, right? Right. You just sort of think about it in abstract. And then you have to think about, okay, well, what if they break stuff? What if they don't break stuff? And then of course it's the cost, which never, it's never as cheap as you you'd like it to be. It's always more than you expect. Well, it's so true what you say that uh, what will fit in the new place. Yeah, of course, if you're going from a small place to a bigger place, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, you have to wonder how much you're going to have to buy to make your place look lived in. But if you're moving from a bigger place to a smaller place or a different configuration, then all of a sudden that L-shaped couch, that might not be the right idea. Do you want a round table for your dining room table? Maybe a, maybe you should have a rectangular table. And then you start thinking about, okay, in that case, you start having to do the math. Okay, what does it cost to move it versus get rid of it and buy something new? Which, of course, brings up the next thing, get rid of it. Have you ever tried to get rid of furniture and have somebody come pick up your furniture in New York or Miami? Yep. It's a that's nightmare. Like, that's a part-time job. Just it's a nightmare to yeah. get them to come to the house, pick up the stuff, coordinate, get it downstairs. Ugh. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to move it. Forget it. Move it. I love the, the time when it was so simple. You just put the couch on the street corner and then someone else does something <laughs> it just magically disappears you're like oh that's good yeah, yeah that worked and you, you don't know that you know that like a, you know maybe a family or something or which is probably a good thing are using your couch um or a bunch of teenagers or college kids and <laughs> taking your couch off the street corner and using it to, to, to play beer pong whatever more of the story is is that it used to be good where you can just like fire and forget. Recycle it, so to speak. Oh, well, a circular economy. We had a guest on the show talking about uh, uh, about, about just that. Reusable furniture. As a matter of fact, I, I think that there's a whole new industry out now about um, leasing furniture. So you can you don't have to purchase it. You can rent it. And then people will just pick it up when you're done. So you don't have to you don't have the burden of, of actually having to get rid of something. Are you saying you don't put your you don't put your furniture out on the sidewalk anymore? It's like, do you mean because your furniture is too furniture? nice? You don't want to just give it <laughs> exactly. away. Exactly. Exactly. Well, first of all, I don't put anything on the furniture anymore because I, I um, the last bed and or dresser that I had was from IKEA, and they have a shelf life. They actually disintegrate. Yeah. It like literally, right. it just evaporates after a certain <laughs> time. So you don't have to do anything with it. It just turns to dust. You probably took <laughs> you longer to put that furniture together than you kept it in your apartment. Very sustainable. Yeah, well, they do. They do a good job with this. They give you the smallest <laughs> amount of tools to. to uh, I have a. I have a. I put this sort of six drawer dresser, and it was like I had these tools that I used to make. Um, you know, use for Lego. I mean, it's like this little tiny little. Just as, so it takes. Eight days, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is, was it worth it? Where she just got out, and just bought something, you know, and had something delivered for, um, for, for, for. Let me tell you, if I ever ever walk into an IKEA again, I'm paying whatever it costs for them to come and assemble it in my house. They don't it's do worth, that. It's worth no, they, every penny. They, they, they don't do that. I no, I, I think they might do no, that for no, a, no, for a fee. You know what it's called? It's called friends. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would listen. I remember when I was in business school. Speaking of friends, I was in business school and we had one friend and he was making a major move and he got all, he got a two or three of, of, of his best friends, including me. And he got us in, you know, he, 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 he grabbed us and made us help him move. And I got to tell you after, and I'm five foot seven and this was big furniture, heavy furniture and a long walk from the elevator to the truck, etc. I got to tell you, not only am I never moving myself again, I am never putting a friend in that situation if I can help it of ever having to ask somebody to move that it, that might be one of the biggest friend tests in the world if you feel comfortable asking a friend to help you move 
I that feel like after 35, after 35, I just feel like you can't ask. You can't yeah, ask a, there's a, yeah, there's an age restriction on that. There yeah, is. yeah. I think it's 35. You know what that's called? Cash. Exactly. <laughs> you pay somebody. Yeah. You know, there's a thing. I mean, I, you know, paying it forward. I, you know, I, I, you know, friendship is all is all good, good, good and great until you have to move, right? And and that does to your point it does test friendships. Uh, and but if you throw a little money on, uh, at, at someone or some dinner, I know people used to do these um, um, painting parties where you go in and invite a bunch of friends over, you, you, you feed them, you know, you, you get them drunk. Uh, and then ultimately, um, the paint uh, on your on your apartment is not the same paint that you want. <laughs> and I think it's messy. So good news is, is that you have to incentivize people to, to participate. But um, as a matter of fact, that could actually be the the good side of of moving, right? Where it's actually a community. You bring people together uh, uh, under 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 the same roof for same cause and the struggle. No, that's a hell of a stretch. We'll leave it at that. But speaking, so if we're going to talk about moving, let's get into the details a little bit about actually the moving experience. Like the the most important is how do you decide who to hire. It's not like you can do a test drive. The guy comes over, listen, move my couch. If my couch makes it in one play, in one piece, you can have the rest of the apartment, right? Everybody has a story. Everybody, it's just like finding a dentist, right? Everybody's dentist is the best. Clearly, one of those dentists was last in school in dentistry, so they can't all be the best, right? But it's almost impossible to know which mover to pick. I think the one, the best way, um, at least that I, I, what I use to determine about which mover to use is that they have to have the word mover in their title. <laughs> very <laughs> scientific, uh, very yeah. data, data oriented search. Very well done there. Right? You know, it's like, kind of like to your point, a dentist. It's like, you know, you know, as Joe's pediatrician or Joe's plumber, I probably want to, I wouldn't want him to take care of my teeth. If it's Joe's dentist, it's a good start. I think this is what Facebook is for now. Or, or, you know, people at putting this on Facebook. I feel like this is the main function of Facebook these days. Like, where do you go to the dentist? Who do you use a mo- as a mover? My own personal litmus test is like finding someone who has recently used a mover and how your experience was. 100%. I'll, I'll ask around before I like go to Yelp. The personal recommendation, that's where it's at. Well, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I had a great move here in Miami. And when people ask me Miami for a mover, I give their name. However... It can reflect bad on you if you if you suggest a mover, a mover you like and you use regularly, and then the person you suggest turns out to be a nightmare client, and that mover gets all upset that you sent that client to them. It's a very tricky. It's like anything else. Who you recommend? You got to be careful, right? I thought you were going to say the reverse. That <laughs> no, that I'm I'm I'm, I'm more concerned about how I'm going to look to the mover. <laughs> that I like, that I want to keep. It's like you have your baker, right? You have your bakery, you know, or your restaurant, they treat you well, they love you. You don't want to send, hey, listen, friends of mine are coming, can you get them a table? And then the friends are assholes at the restaurant. That kills your reputation. Just sure, because you'd be like, well, I thought I liked Jamie, but his friend lives like a (laughs) dump. How does this guy know? I mean, I get it. I get it. I think it's like, it's all about referrals and making sure that those connections are right. So but and to your point, these movers are going into your house. I mean, they're literally going into your drawers. They're in your silverware. They're they're basically in your underwear packets. They got they they got to be trustworthy. They got to be trustworthy, right? And and not to mention the fact that they it's you. I mean, heaven forbid they steal something. I mean, there's a, I mean, the whole idea um, drama in some cases around movers is the things that you thought you packed that you 
that never got to where they were going because of that guy. You know, it's like usually, you know, it's a job where it's going to take three guys and then there's always a fourth guy that shows up. And then, you know, and that, and everyone knows who that guy is. And usually that's the guy that walks away with your, with your China. Sorry, speaking of speaking of theft, I heard a story once where there was one person had two hundred thousand dollars worth of quarters in a box. I don't know why you keep that at home, but they, they, when the move happened, that person thought they lost they lost it. So then that's a big fight between the mover and that person. And I suggested that mover to that person. So the mover's calling me, going, "We don't have the money." Blah blah blah. But in the end, of course, it was found. It wasn't. It wasn't taken. But you realize, like you say, not only when people come in that uh, you have to be careful with your stuff. But I think you, sometimes you don't realize the values you have in your apartment until that moment when everybody's in moving around and you realize, oh, I, sh I should have gotten rid of this first, or I should have moved this out to a safety deposit box. You don't think about that stuff because it's part of your daily life and people don't come into your apartment. So there's a lot of planning to your point, Alex, it really has to go in to make sure that anything that you don't want the movers to move has to get moved somehow by either you or, or friends or something else. That's very interesting because actually I was, I just had to Google that. Uh, 250,000 quarters. How heavy is that? I mean, That's I, what I, I was just wondering. I'm I, so curious about this. I, I think, I think it's, it's, if it's like, it has well, it to was be. in a big box. I guess it was in a box. I never saw <laughs> the quarters. Clearly. I just don't understand why you'd have 200 quarters in your apartment, let alone $200,000 worth of quarters. Well, I mean, if you if you're a video gamer like myself, <laughs> I, do, I do just in case. I'm going into the arcade. I'll, I'll be out in September. See you next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's like 1990, uh, basically. Well, that guy loves Pac-Man. <laughs> Barely. It's always good to have a couple. You know, ne you never know when um, when the banks will shut down, and it's good to go to into your um, into your basement. It's his retirement. It's his retirement plan. <laughs> and then to your point about the boxes, which is a great point. You know, you move, there's 50 boxes. They keep putting, guys are in different rooms. They're filling boxes. They're closing the boxes. They're numbering. You have no idea how all these boxes are being put together. You're running around the rooms trying to keep an eye on things. Then you get to the other side and you go, yeah, we had 62 boxes. Okay, 62 boxes. I don't know. If the guy makes me sign, he had 58 boxes or 62 boxes. I don't even know what's on the truck, right? And then the truck's gone. You come back. You go, you move to the new place and they give you all your boxes back here's your 58 boxes maybe there were 62 boxes so it's it's, it's you really i think the trust aspect of moving is huge trust aspect and let's just talk about the logistics right i think to your point you mentioned about boxes i mean boxes actually have a cost of course the irony of boxes is they're reusable <laughs> so you're paying someone 12 dollars a box and you need 40 boxes i mean i don't do the math and then on top of that when you're done moving you're like well what are you gonna do with these boxes now i have to get rid of these boxes and then the mover's like i'll take them and then you give them the box <laughs> it's like wow that's great what a great guy he's taking the boxes I don't have boxes in my house and that and, and it's just it's a racket right now he's got boxes that he can it's, it's genius actually <laughs> so so you've got so all that packing supplies let alone you know what that's doing for the environment who knows i mean i don't know um if that popcorn packaging material is actually recyclable i doubt it 
Yeah, no. it's a lot of fun to play with, though. And speaking <laughs> of the logistics, what about the timing issues, right? Because let's say you're leaving an apartment, you're moving into someplace in another city, right? You need time to move between whether either you're flying or you're driving or you're taking a week off and then moving in. You have to time the logistics. You have to have the movers come. You want them to come as late as possible into your lease or when you're getting rid of the first home and as quickly as possible when you get into the new home, right? Meanwhile, you have to work about, you have to deal with other stuff besides the movers like cable and utilities and water and all that shit now you have to think of all that stuff and while you're doing all this it's happening at a time of stress because there's a reason you're moving right you're either moving because you're moving into a new city or you're leaving your home for the first time you're leaving your parents or you got a new job or you're going to join your your, your significant other you know and and in the middle of that to try to do all the logistics it's it's work well, actually, it's a really good point, right? Because you're you're kind of you know you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and there there, there has to be the right amount of overlap. Like it's like it's like it's like landing the Apollo on on like the moon, right? It's like a small window of time of which everything works and it's all aligned for you to get the boxes when you're actually in the apartment at the time when you can actually unpack and pay and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a huge challenge. I actually think about, you know, when, when you have the movers, right. I, I, there was a time when, when I was young that I didn't have money for movers and yet I had a, just enough money for a U-Haul. And I'm talking about, talking about a bad idea. I mean, talking about, you know, you've got not only you know, one, one aspect, you've got movers coming in dealing with that logistics. And then you say, well, you know what? I can do this on my own. I got this. All it's going to take is a couple of guys, uh, a couple of friends and a U-Haul truck. And I'm going to go across town. I mean, talk about like a disaster. And is it, is it just me or does it seem like everybody who rents a U-Haul normally drives a Volkswagen Beetle? Like they have no idea how big they are. Yeah, that. Speaking of which, I, I forget about this, but I actually crashed a U-Haul. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, I did. I, I blocked it out. I tried to forget about it, but I hit a a, a huge like. I, I don't even know how long it was. Maybe thirty feet long. It was an enormous truck, and as I'm driving it through town, I'm thinking it's really weird that they let people rent these who don't have any experience driving a truck. I think all and you then, need to rent a truck is a face. You have a face, you exactly, can get the truck. Exactly. And then later, you know, a couple hours later, I was taking a, a turn, a right-hand turn. And it was such a huge truck. There was a car parked too close to the corner. And I like smashed the whole back window of the, of the car. Oh my God. So painful. Did you, did you just, did you just keep on going? <laughs> no, no, my God. No, it was a whole thing. I don't really remember what happened. I think the question is, are you willing to admit you just kept on going? That's the question. I probably started crying as soon as it happened is the truth. <laughs> Let me ask you this logistical question. Let's say you can afford it. Would you pay the mover to individually pack everything in the apartment, all the knives and forks, and then on the other end, you know that someone's touched all that and you have to wash all that? Or would you want to pack all the stuff yourself and just have the movers move the boxes you've packed and move your furniture? Where do you guys fall? I fall on the, on the, the camp of let someone do everything. I don't want to do, all I want to do is move myself. I have not had that experience yet. I, uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone has. I mean, that's, a, that's every, a, every move. Every move I've ever made over the age of well, since I got since I I got out of business school, every move I've ever made, I've had the movers move everything. Like you say, Alex, I walk out with a briefcase and I walk into the new place with a briefcase. I can't imagine that. I cannot imagine. It is so. It is so delicious. It's so delicious. You do. You stand there. The apartment is emptied out. 
cleaned out. The only thing left is the dust underneath the bed and the couch. And you go, my God, I can't believe I lived in that for so long. And you're looking around, hey, did you guys already pack the vacuum cleaner? But other than that, you have to do nothing. The only pain in the ass is to put everything into the new place, which begs the question, you have to start thinking when you get into a new kitchen, okay, where do I put the plates? Where do I put the glasses? Where do I put the, you know, you have to, you have to strategize. There's a lot of work people don't think about when it comes to moving. Well, then if you also, if you don't pack your own boxes, you don't know where anything is. It's called labels. <laughs> so they label kitchen, everything? They kitchen, bedroom, bathroom. No, they, they label kitchen, bedroom, bathroom. Oh, okay, it's true okay. that if I'm looking for a fork at 2 a.m. and I'm not unpacked, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a good point because that's a difference between the types of the, the level of professionalism among your movers, right? You've got, you know, a very professional Liberty United um, uh, continental you know, moving company. And then you've got three guys in a truck. I mean, literally, I think there's a, a company called three guys in a truck and, and, you know, moving your stuff. And so the, the level of professionalism obviously varies in the type of money that you have obviously scales one way or the other. Um, but your, um, your appetite for what you, what you understand as being a good move, um, perhaps changes over time, right? I think the, when we're young, we, um, we're okay with things getting banged up. We don't have real expensive stuff. I mean, silverware is not really silverware. It's more like, like paperware, right? Plasticware. <laughs> Plasticware. <laughs> so like, we're not really worried about what happens to it. But then as you get older and things get more precious, um, that you put more value on things and thus that value um, exchange is, is the money that you pay, the professionalism that you expect, and ultimately the move, the, the positive moving experiences as a reward. So I think there might be a difference between, um, between uh, generations in some cases about how you move and how you think about it. That's a good point in terms of how things become more valuable as you get older. That begs the question, do you take the insurance? I don't know if anybody's looked at the insurance when you move, but that's, it's, that's almost like a gimmick. Like when you go to Best Buy, they always tell you, don't take the extended warranty. And the movers, they want you to know, are you insured? Oh yeah, yeah, you're insured for like uh, 50 cents a box. <laughs> so if you want to insure it, it's $40 per box to insure the box. It's crazy. The numbers, it can double the price of the move. Well, that's that, that's that fourth guy. It's like the, the that's three his job. <laughs> to like upsell you and all the insurance baggage, <laughs> get you the extra boxes and the extra padding. It's like, okay, it was a nice piece of art. Of course, it's three dogs uh, on, a, on a car table. Um, and he's like, well, this is a really great piece of art you got there. Um, you know, I've got an extra special box that will take really good care of this piece of art. Um, it's only $4 extra, but it looks like it's, it looks like what you got there is priceless. And <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so now you've just been upsold. This guy does this all day and that's how they make their money. Yeah. So can I ask a question? Uh, either of your moves, Jamie, I'm not sure how recently you moved, but did either of you move, uh, related to the pandemic? I didn't move. I haven't moved since 2015. Okay. Yeah, I, I moved um, from the city to uh, from Detroit to Florida. Um, so that was a move for the pandemic. And I'm sure a lot of other people have felt the same way moving out of the city, or maybe into one city, into the, to another city um, that's perhaps less hectic, um, or moving from the city to the suburb, or from suburb to suburb, or rural, or what have you. And I think the 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 decisions that personally that I made to move was just to release and eliminate sort of really to get to, to move away from the clutter, move away from, from stuff and into um, some sort of serene and en uh, environment that, that has less 
you, you became a minimal a minimalist <laughs> exactly well i had no money so that, that's that's how that works <laughs> you were minimalist there too <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting meeting people who have moved during the pandemic. Well, I'm one of them also. And I feel like it, like events like that, they really, they push us forward. Like they, they expedite this, things that we might've been thinking about doing. Suddenly it's like, okay, now's the time. Like I, I only moved 10 miles. It was like, I moved to a different town, but um, I don't think I would have moved that fast had it not, the pandemic really did push me to realize that I wanted something different. So it wasn't that the pandemic really changed my circumstances. It just made me realize I wanted something different. I think there's no doubt that big events in, in, uh, in our history can, uh, can compress the time of activity of something or the growth of something. And the pandemic, certainly, if anyone's been listening to our podcast and our guests, certainly the pandemic uh, accelerated real estate mobility and sales and prices, maybe a five or 10 year move in a two, three year period, I guess a two year period. Yeah. And then how things have changed, like I living, I mean, I live upstate New York, so I'm four hours from New York city, but then seeing what's happened in terms of rentals and uh, home values over the past year and a half, because of people living, leaving the city and coming even as far as here as, as, as Ithaca, which seems like a world away, but um, a lot of people from the city have moved here. I wonder if the movers are benefiting enormously or are being hurt because they have trouble getting workers. I think a combination of, I think a combination of both. I mean, there's no question that this year has been called the great migration. Yeah. But I mean, there are, there, there's actually generations of great migrations, right? Mm -hmm. Over time. And that's because of water, you know, natural resources, because of fire, because of, you know, whatever that may be, there's been, there's been great migrations over the history of civilization. And we're dealing with it now. And those people that are ultimately responsible in helping to facilitate those moves are benefiting greatly. At the same time, they're also being hurt because no one wants to work. Um, but but there is business to be to be had. Um, I think also the the, the net the resources in which you use to move gas, um, trucks, you know, automobiles um, also are becoming scarce. Uh, natural resources like wood um, and paper also becoming scarce. So the prices of of, of moving uh, and migrating have increased, and thus compounds the stress that we're dealing with. Not only we want to want to move and we're stressed. Um, but we are looking for something better, but the entire industry and ecosystem around moving is also stressed and looking for a better way. And so I wonder, you know, what's next? I mean, where, where do we see moving, um, the, the, the experience of moving in the future? Is it going to get better or worse? And it's going to be interesting to see if we're just pulling from the future, a lot of business that's going to slow down in the future, that moving is going to slow down because my building, for example, we have about 230 units. And between 2020 and 2021, 41 units changed hands. That's over 20, that's 20% 20 of the building. People left wow. and people moved in. And so you go down to the pool and it's a whole new group of people, a whole new group of faces. Now those people are not gonna move again in a year or two years from now, right? They've just made a big move. So you'd like to think like at least 20% of the building is gonna be stable for a while. So I wonder this migration that was forced or, 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 or highlighted because of COVID is taking a bit from the future and it'll be something will remain to be seen. It's a topic with a lot more discussion at hand when we want to have it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's generational. I believe that younger people um, are less fixed and perhaps more mobile. Uh, and so they, they, they're they more likely to want and feel like they can move um, more often than, than those in the old generation who feel like they, they, they're, in a, they're in a place for 50 
30 years, right? So, and companies themselves now have realized that working from home is actually a viable alternative in a lot of businesses and for a lot of their employees. And so that allows them again, like you say, Alex, to be more mobile. They don't have to be in New York to work for a New York firm or to be in Florida to work for a Florida firm. And so I think that you're right. I think that's going to lead to more mobility or certainly lead to more freedom to move if you decide you want to. The future of moving will be stressful. We know that. We're always going to be moving in the future. However, what stress, what challenges, what issues that we face will all will, will in fact change. And, uh, and just to wrap up, I will say, Alex, getting back to your original point when we started, which is that even though the move itself might be stressful, the reasons for the moving is what you should focus on. The new opportunities, the new connections, mm -hmm. the, new, the, new, the, the new income potential, uh, the new social interactions, uh, the new lifestyle, the new weather, et cetera, the new home, your first home that you own, for example. These are the things you have to focus on and, and the crap that you have to go through to get there. One of them, unfortunately, if you're a moving company, you're listening, is the moving. So ha have fun on your next move. Talk to you next week. Yeah, good luck, everybody, with whatever move you're making. And uh, thanks for coming on, everybody. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.